0: Well, happy Mother's Day Christ Chapel to all of the moms at all of our venues, Internet Campus, Converge, West Campus, South Campus, Fort Worth Campus, every campus around the world. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad that you (laughs) are with us today. Uh, This is certainly a special Mother's Day. I honestly couldn't even remember what I had done last Mother's Day. So much had happened between then and now. And I realized we were online only for last Mother's Day. And so this is the first Mother's Day back in a couple years, and we're so glad that we get to gather together. So this is special, not only because we're able to gather again, but special for another reason. The past a few years, every time I've gotten to do a Mother's Day message, uh, I've always set a meeting a few weeks before with our women's minister, Shelley Davis. And I always ask her, what do moms need to hear? What, what do they need to be encouraged by? What struggles are they facing? What challenges do they have in their lives? And we kind of brainstorm on some things and I bring you uh, the best message that I can to encourage mothers. Well, this year I set that same meeting with Shelly Davis and she came in with her notes and she expected to just give me those notes and hand those over to me. And uh, I said, nay, nay, Shelly, Not this nay-nay, not that one. But I said, nay-nay, Shelly, you are going to be helping me. So uh, I wanted to introduce some very special guests that we have for this Mother's Day. And first, I'll go ahead and introduce Shelly Davis here on the end. Uh, Shelly, you and Billy have been here for decades at Christ Chapel. Forty years. Forty years. And our official, our our women's minister for over 20. Uh, 27. 27. Yeah. uh. So 27 years as the women's minister here at Christ Chapel, and it, I, I've I've certainly grown up underneath your tutelage here since uh, you've been the women's minister ever since I've been here. And my kids are older than you, Cody. Kids yeah. are older than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I was going to mention. We're on this on this kind of conversation. We're pretty boy heavy here because Shelley has three boys. You have two boys, Misty. Which we'll talk to Misty in a second. I have two boys. The lone gal here is Christina. So this is Christina Sandra from our South Campus. And Christina was actually the first person I ever hired in Life Stage 2. How long ago? Ten years. Ten years ago. And now is our women's minister at the South Campus. And you and Jared actually met in in the gathering. Life Stage 2. And I was able to officiate your wedding, which was a lot of fun. And you'll have Lacey, who is how old? Five. Five years old, so Lacey down at the South Campus, mm-hmm. and then we have Misty, and Misty and David. You guys have been here at Christchapel Chapel for twenty-two years. Twenty-two years, but was, was our very first uh, women's minister at the West Campus, and so we got to work together at the West Campus. But she has two boys, mm-hmm. Ben and Owen, and they are. Almost 17 and 19. Almost 17 and 19. So uh, a little bit boy heavy here, but we've got one girl's perspective. But She's uh, all girl, so she's enough. She's all enough. girl, so she's enough. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Well, so what I wanted to do today is we certainly have a Mother's Day message that I think will encourage you, hopefully. But instead of me just getting all of the the wisdom and claiming it as my own, what I figured I would do is just go ahead and bring them up and we'll get to hear from them. And so we're gonna have a conversation about what it looks like to do motherhood by faith. Motherhood is certainly a, a calling. And what does that look like to do your calling of motherhood, moms, by faith? Now, certainly this could apply to, to guys because we're supposed to live by faith, but we're going to look at it from a mother's perspective, and we're going to look at it through one specific mother's perspective, and that is Sarah, because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, uh, that is the hall of faith, remember, where all the, all the heroes of faith are, are listed, But it says, it lists Sarah here in the hall of faith. And it says, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him, that is God, faithful, who had promised, promised her that she would conceive. And so she's this great hero of the faith. And so what I'd like to do is we're going to go back through Genesis and we're going to trace some of those steps of faith that Sarah took. And I think this is going to be applicable to all of you in the room, because even if you're not a mom, many of the steps of faith that I believe got Sarah listed in the hall of faith came pre-motherhood. A lot of them were way before she ever became a mom, but those steps of faith certainly informed her motherhood later on in life. And I think she's also an encouraging example because she made a lot of mistakes in her life. These ladies haven't made any, None. any <laughs> mistakes. No but Sarah has, but we're not gonna focus on those. We're gonna focus on what it looks like to do motherhood by faith. So I'm gonna do kind of, uh, I'll I'll make some of the points and talk about a couple of the verses, but then I'm gonna kick it over and we're gonna have a conversation. Uh, We've joked, this is kind of the Christian view, I guess. So we're we're gonna have a conversation around the table. So point one, by faith, Sarah left what was known to venture into an unknown land. If you look back at Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abram at the time, and he casts this vision for his family that if you will go to this land that you've never seen, that maybe he'd never even kind of heard of the specifics, then... He would be blessed. But it would, he would have to bank everything on that promise. And that was faith. He would have to leave his friends. He would have to leave his rhythm. He would have to leave his routine. He'd have to leave all of those things. And it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse five, and Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered. And they went to this unknown land. And moms, I think certainly this past year, you feel like you have either probably not been led into an unknown land, but maybe better word is, you've been pushed into an unknown land and maybe unforeseen circumstances that you could have never imagined. And I know if you step into motherhood, that can lead you into unknown lands and unknown circumstances as well. How does that inform your faith?
1: I actually think this last year hasn't, been much more unknown than every bit of motherhood has been because the first thing I realized as a mom is that every step you take is a venture into the unknown because our kids are always growing and changing. Therefore, as soon as you figure out one thing, the next new challenge is right around the bend and what works with one kid often doesn't work with the other. (laughs) So it's always a process of stepping into the unknown. And um, I guess we've had good practice before this last year came, because that's sort of what it's looked like all along the way. And so I really feel like motherhood really is an everyday faith builder. It's had to be um, for us as moms because it is never the same. It's always changing. You never know what the next day is going to bring. Um, And it's really why I've loved Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 all along my sort of road through motherhood. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge Him and he will make your paths straight because that path gets real windy real fast when I'm not looking to the Lord's wisdom for whatever that next thing is.
2: Yeah, I think everything in motherhood is unknown, for sure. And just like he called Sarah and Abraham into an unknown land, I think every morning you wake up and things are unknown. But I think most moms kind of have an idea of what motherhood should look like or what maybe you'd like motherhood to look like. I know I did, Um, probably from when I... Was 10. You know, I had an idea of what I wanted my motherhood to look like. But my motherhood journey looks really different. Um, Like we mentioned, I have a five year old, Lacey, and um, I wanted four kids and I wanted them really close in age and I wanted four, you know, under four or something crazy like that. Um, But we just have Lacey and she's five. And, you know, secondary infertility is something that I never had even heard of, let alone thought would happen to me. Um, But the Lord had a different plan for my life. And um, we're walking through a season that I just never really expected would be something that I would encounter. And so the last five years have really been uh, a season where the Lord has shown his faithfulness. And, you know, I think motherhood is a way that the Lord shows how faithful he really is. The last five years for my husband and I have been um, hard to say the least. I could stand up here for the whole sermon and tell you how hard the last five years have been and how um, we really learned how to trust the Lord's faithfulness. Um, and I, we've gone through every emotion, sadness, grief, mm-hmm. anger, some random seasons of happiness along the way. Um, but one thing that we've learned to do is just to rely on God's faithfulness through that. So, you know, one thing that we thought would be um, the worst thing ever not being able to have another child, not being able to um, have four under four the Lord has shown me um, is actually something that has grown my relationship with Him and shown me how faithful He really is. So, one, I I'd just like to share, if that's okay with you. Of course. Okay, great. <laughs> A couple things that I've had to do that have I've just had to take some steps that, on my end to remind myself how faithful the Lord is. Um, So those things were, one, I've had to prioritize my time with the Lord. I've just had to make sure that I was waking up and making my time with the Lord important. So making sure it was the first thing that I did in the mornings um, because I needed that time to be the first thing that was happening so that the rest of my day um, could revolve around that. I was committing um, scripture to memory, and I was listening to worship music a lot because I needed to keep truth in my mind so that um, I was prioritizing that time so that I could be reminded how faithful God was. Yeah,
3: Yeah, and I've watched Christina do this. It's been an incredible incredible faith builder for me to watch you walk a hard road and do it with the Lord. Um, so I really appreciate that about you a lot. But I have a Mother's Day confession in front of everyone. Uh, I'm going
0: to confess. Wait, wait, Shelly, we didn't practice this part. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Hold on.
3: But you told me to be real, Cody. I am going to be real. be real. I'm going to be real. Yes, I have a confession. I have been a mom for 43 years, a grandmother for 12 years. And unfortunately, fear is often my first reaction when I see my kids and my grandkids bump up against something that is so hard and difficult in their life, and we've run the gamut in 43 years of all sorts of difficulties, Um, and I hate it. That fear is my first reaction, but um, it's been a challenge that um, God has helped me walk through to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight, because what he taught me over the last 43 years is faith is really not a feeling. I kind of wanted that feeling that would lead me through these hard things with my kids. It's not a feeling, it's a discipline. It is a discipline, faith is a discipline. It's a discipline of knowing who God is. His great power, his great love for you and your kids and your grandkids and how he intervenes and works in their lives in ways that you can't even imagine. Um, I can share some of the things that have helped me with that. Of course, memorizing scripture, that comes to my mind instead of the fearful things. But it's also really helped me to go back and just have some extended time in those chapters in the Bible that really talk about God's great power. Go to the end of Job, chapters uh, 40 and 41, talk about who God really is. Isaiah chapters 42 and 43. And uh, my close friends know that I have clung standing in the ICU at Cook's with a grandchild to Psalm 46 that says, God is my refuge and my strength. So, um, you know, fear is a choice on our part. But the better choice, the better choice for me is um, faith, trusting God in every circumstance because I know who he is. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I wrote that down because you said that in our prep. I love how you said that. Fear is a choice. Faith is a better choice. Mm -hmm. I love how you said that. So uh, by application, by faith, step into unknown, even difficult circumstances, knowing that the Lord leads your way. Uh, And piggybacking on what you said, Shelly, you know, I, I think sometimes we think faith is passive. Faith is not passive. Faith is active. active. It, you step yes. into it. You, you use it. You, you, you call God who he is and trust him. And you make your movements based on who he is. That's what faith is. And we know from what he did here in Genesis chapter 12 in Sarai's life that God blessed her where he leads. God is leading you. I mean, by very definition, if he's leading you, he's going before you. And we've got to remember that, that wherever he's leading us, he's going before us. He's clearing the path. He's going to be there when you take that step of faith. So don't be afraid if it's unknown or even difficult. The Lord is leading your way and step in with faith. Okay, point two. Uh, By faith, Sarah found favor from the Lord. Now, some of you might be going, Cody, there was a misspelling in point number one. No, that wasn't a misspelling. There is something that happened between chapter 12 and chapter 17. And that is that God actually changes her name. And we hear that in Genesis chapter 17, verse 15 and 16. It says, and God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and I'm gonna key on this, I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall, become, uh, she shall become the nations. King of peoples shall come from her. Now, the name Sarah with the H means princess. So it certainly makes sense that if she is going to uh, be the, uh, this kind of princess of the royal line, that he changed her name and made it so. But what I love is that by faith, the faith that she had demonstrated all the way from chapter 12 That is where it changed her, and it changed her relationship with the Lord. It changed her identity, and the Lord gives her a new name, and by faith, she had this new relationship. It changed her identity, but what I love is that he changes her name and says, I will bless her, and moreover, will give her a child, that the blessing comes from knowing the Lord and her identity being in in him first and foremost. Then... The child comes. It, it, her identity wasn't strictly in being a mother. It was in being God's child, the one who changed her name. And motherhood, definitely, I have watched it happen in my own household. But motherhood <laughs> changes that lady yeah. that, that I lived with.
2: <laughs> I love that point. And I have one. So I look at my friends who have three or four or more, and I'm like, I, I don't know how they do it you know, God is so funny because he knows me so well, and he knows how I would have fallen apart with more, um, and I have a hard time keeping up with one one child's laundry, or one child's errands, or one child's sports, or one child's homework, you know, and, and so the fact that, like, yes, God does the, he does the same for us that he did for Sarah. You know, our identity and our purpose is in him. And that's set apart from what happens to us when we become mothers. Like we change, absolutely. And that happens from the moment we, be, we become pregnant. Right? we start to sleep less. And then we can't eat certain foods. And then we start eating weird foods that we never cared for before. And it's like all of a sudden we're totally different people and our bodies are different and then we start acting weird. And then we start we start folding mounds of tiny clothes and we start spending our money differently and taking different vacations. So our responsibilities change, our personalities change, but our value and our worth stays in who Christ says we are. And so I even feel that with one child, and I can't imagine, you know, other mothers who are, you know, have four teenagers or who are living it in, in, on a totally different scale. You know, Shelly, you have three grown yep. humans with other humans below them.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I can't I, imagine yeah, you know, I, what you feel. Well, I started out thinking, I'm going to have three kids, and then they all married, and so now I have six kids because I love my daughter-in-laws, and then they all have <laughs> seven grandchildren. So now I have 13.
0: Uh, you have a lot of a lot of responsibility.
3: I d- pray, my prayer time gets longer <laughs> and
0: longer. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Cody, I love what you said about our identities because I have found that of all of my roles as a woman motherhood has been the one that has challenged me to really find my identity as a believer more than what the world says about what a good mom would look like. I know when my kids were really young, mommy blogs were super popular, and I loved getting online and looking at those because they did have great ideas about things to do with your kids, whatever. After a while, I began to realize I would read those and feel worse and worse about myself because what I saw there was the mom with the perfect outfit, totally organized house, cooking an organic homemade meal and doing a glittery craft that enhanced their kids' math skills all at the same time. And that wasn't what my everyday life looked like. That wasn't what any day of my life looked like. And so I would read those for a good idea and then walk away just feeling bad about myself. And then. I think Instagram now, mommy blogs aren't as popular, but Instagram sort of functions in a lot of the same way. And what I eventually realized is there are so many things in this world I can't control. But what I can control is the social media I consume, and that has made so much difference in my life. Um, and pointing my attention back to who the Lord is asking me to be as a mom and not what I see in this honestly very curated and probably not really real-world vision of this perfect mom. And that's been so helpful for me to stop... looking at what the world says that a good mom looks like and choosing to compare myself to that and instead yeah. looking toward what God's word requires of me. And um, it's taken my stress level down
2: Yeah, there was a lot. season where I would get like physically sick. I would feel like a headache and a stomach ache when I would be on social media for an extended amount of time because I was like, I can't do this. I can't, I'll never be this. Yeah. And I just had to stop because yeah, me it too. wasn't healthy.
3: And then, yeah. That brings up the great point that as moms, we feel like there's so many people in our lives, not just social media, that we have to please every day. You know, you get up every morning on this treadmill of, oh, I need to make sure my husband's happy and my kids are happy and the teachers are happy and my boss at work is uh, happy. And another confession, Cody, it was life-changing for me to realize, to prioritize that really the only being that I need to make happy every day is the Lord. And if I would just start every day by really asking the Lord, Lord, show me what pleases you. Show me um, what I can do to be more obedient, to really give my heart more fully to you, and then end every day with, kind of an evaluation point. Did I do it, Lord? Where did I fall short? Help me have a better day tomorrow. Uh, It was really an epiphany in my life that if I simply please the Lord every day, guess what? I'm going to be pleasing everyone else around me more than uh, likely that my husband will be happy and my kids will be happy. And it is so freeing. It is so freeing because it takes the weight of feeling like you're responsible for everyone in the world when you really just rest in God's favor every day. It's one of the best uh, epiphanies God has given me in my life.
0: Yeah, and, and that's one of those action steps that I know sometimes we think of as passive, but by faith, we've got to let the Lord's estimation be your foundation. Absolutely. You, you have to make sure that you're prioritizing what the Lord says about you rather than what mm-hmm. social media says mm-hmm. about you or the blog or Whatever, whatever the world. And and as as I thought about that, that point, you know, if we let our estimation come from what the world says, God does not ask us to be like the world. He asks us to be set apart from the world, to live counter-culturally. And so if we're making our baseline culture then we're probably not living the life that God has called us to live. We're probably not doing the things that he's called us to do or being the people he's called us to be. And so we've got to rest in his commands, and his obedience, in his estimation of who we are far more than what the, the world says Cody, about us. Yes. I'm stop
2: you if that's okay. Please do. Cool. Um, I'd like to add a point. Yes, ma'am. Your points here. Go for it. Um, you said about how um, measuring up against like social media and mommy blogs, but I'd also like to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that like a lot of us are in home groups and in Bible studies and stuff like that, and it's easy for us to bounce ideas off of our friends or, you know, groups that community, you know, and community is a good thing, but our community doesn't always um, maybe know exactly what scripture says or interpret scripture, the proper way. So I would say even be careful what the community around us is telling us and measure yourself up to what Scripture says, you know. So if you're struggling with something or what your worth is, go to Scripture and let Scripture be really, you know, what you're your measuring rod. Because even just like your friends, it's a hard thing to measure yourself up against sometimes. Well, and you think how, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. And I, I look back on my early motherhood, and if I had been spending as much time— Time here, yeah. as I had been spending with your like online, years.
2: yeah, yeah, it would have gone better. It's, it's just yeah. hard, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, understanding scripture leads right next to the next point because we're going to talk about the Lord's promises. And if you don't know scripture, you don't know the Lord's promises. Yeah. But by faith, Sarah saw the Lord's promises come to pass. These are promises that he just made, we just read those in Genesis chapter 17. But then later on in Genesis chapter 21, she actually gets to see those things come to fruition. And I know that there's nothing more encouraging to our faith than getting to see the fruit of our faith. Because we actually hear right at the beginning of the hall of faith that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And it's really hard to maintain that faith when you're going, I'm not seeing anything, I'm not seeing anything, but that's what faith is because we believe that God is faithful. And Sarah got to see God be faithful to the promises that he made. In Genesis chapter 21, verses one and two, it says, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. The Lord is true to his promises, just as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. This was when Sarah was 90 and Abraham was 100. At the time when it seemed like God's promises, that was the ship that had sailed. God was still true. He was still faithful to his promises. And she, sa- she saw those come to fruition. And those kind of things, definitely when you understand that God is true to his promises, it changes how you live every day. You don't run around so frantically trying to fulfill the promises that you want to be fulfilled for yourself because then you'll just run yourself ragged
1: I'm not 90, but I am um, at a kind of a fun point in motherhood where my kids are close to being launched. One one has just finished his freshman year in college, launched into the world, and so it's been a lot of fun to sort of look back at God's faithfulness in my kids' lives over you know over the years. One thing I've been thinking about is how when you become a mom, the first thing—well, not the first thing—lots of things change, but one thing that changes radically and sort of doesn't go back to normal ever again is your daily schedule, because my schedule has become wrapped around my children's schedule to a certain extent, no matter how old they are. And as my kids have gotten older and I'm sort of looking back, I realize how quick our daily weeks can become filled with good things that aren't necessarily the best thing. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit already. And so school is a good thing, and lessons, and teams, and friends, and church activities, all of those are good things. But the best things are that character development and that spiritual formation. And I've seen that In the times of my life that the lord has really prompted me to pray really faithfully for my kids he has shown me the places that we can drop a few of those things that make us so busy that we don't have time in our normal day to talk about character development talk about spiritual formation and he sort of softened and prepared my own heart for seeing teachable moments during the day for seeing the things that my kids are struggling with and Um, I've just been real grateful for that, because all of those things are good things. You just want to make sure uh, that you are not, at the end of the day, only thinking about those things, and you've neglected to talk about um, the areas that you have the Lord's revealed to you that He's growing your kids in. And I will tell you, I was so excited for my kids to be able to drive, and I'm still super grateful for that. I never really loved the whole carpool thing, but... I'm really sad for not having anymore all of those times in the car some of our very best conversations ever and just the two sentences here and there that I thought that was the most important thing that happened today that was the most important conversation that happened those often happened in the car and those are You can those pick moments up our boys gone. at 3 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right.
0: 3 o'clock. Yeah.
2: yeah. They let out. Lacey has lots of words, so feel free to yeah. have conversations with her, too.
1: Those are good. Those are good times. Yeah. Kids in the back seat and you facing forward and yeah. there's all sorts of things you can talk about when you don't have to see each
2: other face to face, you know, look at each other in the eye and yeah. drive down the highway and... Those were good times. One of my favorite things about God's promises is getting to pray them for our children. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing I was thinking about when we were preparing was that I've really struggled with worry as a mom, and I probably struggled with it my whole life, but specifically when you become a mom, I feel like all of that worry and anxiety gets transferred into motherhood, and it's like heightened, and there's so many new things to worry about, like all these new things that you get to worry about, and um, I've had to really learn how to choose not to worry and instead choose to pray. And I think that God offers us, hey, pray and walk in faith and really freedom from that fear and worry Mm -hmm. because that's not how the Lord wants us to live. And his promises and his word, he tells us over and over, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And he offers us better solutions, which is to pray his promises and to walk in freedom from that. Um, So one thing that I've done that I'd love to share... You're cool with it. Okay, great, is um, I've created just really strategic prayers. So I'll pray off the cuff, you know, while I'm folding tiny clothes or washing endless dishes or driving around all over town filling gas. Um, I'll pray off the cuff if, you know, the Holy Spirit puts something on my heart. Um, But also one thing that I've done, um, and I brought it with me to show you, is I keep little prayers like this in my Bible or in my desk, um, wherever it is that I spend more strategic time praying, and I don't know if you can
0: see This it. is This is actually on the back of your sermon notes, okay. this kind of outline. You, you can find it there.
2: Okay, great. Oh, oh sorry. Okay, so um, it's just I've attributed specific Bible verses to things that I'd like to pray over Lacey's life. And so a couple of things that, um, I guess if it's on the back of your sermon notes, I don't need to go through them, but I've picked specific verses and I've written them down and I'll just go through them in the mornings. Um, and it just helps me claim those promises from God's word and pray them over Lacey. And there are reasons we do this. You know, praying scripture is, it's not just to impact her life, but it also impacts my life. It grows my faith. It sharpens my faith. And we know that the word of God is alive and powerful. He gives us those promises. So why we just kind of let them go to waste when we don't pray them. So, you know, he gives
3: us the promises for our children. you know what praying scripture does for me, it keeps me focused. Instead of me rambling around, then I can pick out what I think the Lord really wants to develop in my kiddos' lives. And I can pray that and stay focused on it instead of getting off into the weeds of my own heart's desire for them. Um, But I I have to ask, how many of you that are moms got a super mom cape when you left the hospital with the cape? (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get that cape, but I did feel like that um, I was totally in control because when my kids were small, nothing came into their lives that I didn't have control over. Uh, What they ate, Mm. where they went, who kept them, you know, where they went to school, I was in control of that. But um, for those of you that have older children, you know, you lose that control day by day. And certainly the world we live in today uh, really draws our kids out of our control uh, very quickly. So it is such a great day in the life of every mom when you really come to realize that you never were in control actually at all, even though you thought that all day every day. It is God's infinite power and his great love that is at work in the lives of our uh, children, and the scriptures even talk about that his power is made perfect in our weakness, so we don't have to feel bad that we can't control everything mm-hmm. in our kiddos' life. We can just really cling to the fact that he can, he can. And so, uh, what I've come to know is that my role in my kids' lives, which they might dispute that i 'm not still a little controlling i don 't know, but uh, my role in their life really is to partner with God in prayer for His great work in their life um, and and that what a great partnership that is because He changes me probably more than he mm-hmm. changes them, um, and so our faith grows exponentially when we really grab hold of that partnership. Instead of controlling, we let go of control and let God's power do that mighty work in our kids' lives. You know, um, Cody, as we look at uh, Sarah, what we see is for decades, Sarah simply had to watch, and she had to wait, Mm -hmm. and she had to pray, and she had to trust. It's exactly what we have to do too as mom. For decades, moms, we're all watching and waiting and praying and trusting. And it's really the best part of my life actually.
0: Yeah, so by application on that one, by faith, we've gotta trust the Lord to do what only he can do. The moms I know have, just as you guys have stated, you have a wonderful plan and future Mm -hmm. for your child that that starts from the womb. And you mark out the school you want them to go to, the activities you want them to be in, who you want them to marry, yep. all, all the way. And, and you all would admit, those are great things. That, that means that you love your kid. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to shame anyone for having those ideas. That's a great thing. But the best path is the Lord's path. Mm-hmm. It's not the one that, that you can draw up. It's the one that the Lord lays out. That's the best path for them because what you want to see in your kids' lives are only what God can do to change their hearts. Mm -hmm. Only he can grab their hearts and make them the men and women of integrity that you desire for them to be that are sensitive to his voice. And so Mm -hmm. we've gotta continue to trust the Lord to do what only he can do. And I also wrote down, this is something that you said earlier, Shelley, in our preparation. Uh, that when, when you feel like your child is getting off the path or, or when you get worried, I love how you said this, Shelly, worry is a call to prayer. Mm. Worry is a call to prayer and I, I love that. It, it, it doesn't mean I need to do something, it means exactly. I need to pray, pray more. So we've gotta by faith, trust the Lord to do what only he can do. So there's a lot of responsibility on you mothers. <laughs> to live by faith. And I was trying to think of how can we close this up? And I think the best way to to wrap up this uh, motherhood by faith message is to understand that it's not just the mom's role to live by faith. That we men have to live by faith to help and support the ladies who are living by faith in our lives, who are trying to help raise our children and we've gotta be great partners in that. So I just wrote down three very quick things. This is for myself um, and this, maybe this applies to you as a dad. That's how I took it and applied it. First is to pray for my wife and to pray with my wife.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Much easier to pray for than to pray with, to take the time, even when you're tired, to sit down and for me to say, I struggle with it, guys. And I know you go, Cody, you're a pastor. You should have this down. You're right, I should. But for me to sit down and to go, Jen, what can I pray for? What, what's on your heart? What is grieving you? Listen to those and pray with her. Don't just pray for her, pray with her. The second was be supportive of the challenges and the burdens that mothers face. Um, I don't have Instagram. I mean, I know how I fall short already I I don't need an Instagram account to show me that but I also there are so many things just to use an example there are so many things that Jen has to do on Facebook just that apply to school or activities and things Mm -hmm. so she's already has to live in that world just to be able to function I don't have to live in that world and so there are different challenges that she faces and I've got to be supportive of those challenges and burdens that she faces as a mom and then finally it's just honor just just honor moms they they've got it tough. It's not, not easy to be a mom. I, I pulled these things and kind of modified them from different stanzas in a, a poem that I found, but I thought these were, these were really good. And it said, believe in them more than they believe in themselves. Do for them more than they do for themselves. Pray for them more than they can imagine and love them more than anyone can. I think that's the best way we can support the mothers who are trying to live by faith. So would you give these moms a round of applause, please? (laughs) Certainly thankful for y'all, and I'm gonna pray for us to close our time. God, we are so thankful for the moms in our fellowship. We're so thankful for these three moms, but the moms that they work with, that they encourage, that they pray for, that they train, that they equip, that they teach scripture to. Lord, uh, thank you for the moms. Lord, would you help them? to live this kind of faith. The faith that Sarah even demonstrated. It wasn't perfect faith, but it was faith in you. That you would lead her, even if it was into unknown or difficult circumstances. That, Lord, you would put their identity in you and you alone. That your estimation is what matters most. And Lord, that finally, that you will be faithful to your promises. And may they never doubt that. May they be encouraged as we, as Men, as dads, Lord, may we support those moms around us. We love our moms. We're so thankful for the moms we have here at Christ Chapel. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.